0: Section 8 of Italian Hours by Henry James. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Casa Alvisi. Invited to introduce certain pages of cordial and faithful reminiscence from another hand, Footnote: Browning in Venice, being recollections of the late Catherine de K. Bronson, with a prefatory note by H.J., Cornhill Magazine, February 1902, end footnote. In which a frankly predominant presence seems to live again, I undertook that office with an interest inevitably somewhat sad. So past and gone today is so much of the life suggested. Those who fortunately knew Mrs Bronson will read into her notes still more of it. More of her subject, more of herself too and of many things, than she gives, and some may well even feel tempted to do for her what she has done here for her distinguished friend. In Venice, during a long period for many pilgrims, Mrs Arthur Bronson, originally of New York, was so far as society, hospitality, a charming personal welcome were concerned, almost in sole possession. She had become, there with time, quite the prime representative of those private amenities which the Anglo-Saxon abroad is apt to miss just in proportion as the place visited is publicly wonderful, and in which he therefore finds a value twice as great as at home. Mrs Bronson really earned in this way the gratitude of mingled generations and races, she sat for 20 years at the wide mouth, as it were, of the Grand Canal, holding out her hand with endless good-nature, patience, charity to all decently accredited petitioners. The incessant troop of those either bewilderedly making or fondly renewing acquaintance with the dazzling city. Casa Alvisi is directly opposite the high, broad, Faced florid church of Santa Maria della Salute, so directly that from the balcony over the water entrance your eye, crossing the canal, seems to find the keyhole of the great door right in a line with it. And there was something in this position that for the time made all Venice lovers think of the genial padrona as thus levying in the most convenient way the toll of curiosity and sympathy. Everyone passed, everyone was seen to pass, and a few were those not seen to stop and to return. The most generous of hostesses died a year ago at Florence. Her house knows her no more. It had ceased to do so for some time before her death, and the long-pleased procession, the charmed arrivals, the happy sojourns at anchor, the reluctant departures... That made Car Alvisi, as was currently said, a social porta di mare, is for remembrance and regret already a possession of ghosts. So that on the spot at present, the attention ruefully averts itself from the dear little old faded but once familiarly bright facade, overtaken at last by the comparatively vulgar uses that are doing their best to paint out in Venice, right and left, by staring signs and other vulgarities, the immemorial note of distinction. The house, in a city of palaces, was small, but the tenant clung to her perfect, her inclusive position, the one right place that gave her a better command, as it were, than a better house obtained by a harder compromise, not being fond moreover of spacious halls and massive treasures but of compact and familiar rooms in which her remarkable accumulation of minute and delicate venetian objects could show she adored in the way of the venetian to which all her tastes addressed itself the small the domestic and the exquisite so that she would have given a tintoretto or two i think without difficulty for a cabinet of tiny gilded glasses, or a dinner surface of the right old silver? The general receptacle of these multiplied treasures played at any rate through the years the part of a friendly private box at the constant operatic show. A box at the best point of the best tier. With the cushioned ledge of its front raking the whole scene, and with its withdrawing rooms behind for more detached conversation, for easy, when not indeed slightly difficult, polyglot talk, artful bibite, artful cigarettes too, straight from the hand of the hostess, who could do all that belonged to a hostess, place people in relation and keep them so take up and put down the topic, cause delicate tobacco and little gilded glasses to circulate without ever leaving her sofa cushions or intermitting her good nature. She exercised in these conditions with never a block, as we say in London in the traffic, with never an admission or acceptance of the least social complication. Her positive genius for easy interest, easy sympathy, easy friendship. It was as if at last she had taken the human race at large, quite irrespective of geography, for her neighbours, with neighbourly relations as a matter of course. These things on her part had at all events the greater appearance of ease from their having found to their purpose, and as if the very air of Venice produced them a cluster of forms, so light and immediate, so pre-established by picturesque custom. The old bright tradition, the wonderful Venetian legend, had appealed to her from the first, closing round her house and her well-plashed water steps with the waiting gondolas were thick, quite as if actually the ghost of the defunct carnival. Since I have spoken of ghosts, still played some haunting part. Let me add at the same time that Mrs Bronson's social facility, which was really her great refuge from importunity, a defence with serious thought and serious feeling quietly cherished behind it, had its discriminations as well as its inveteracies, and that the most marked of all these, perhaps, was her attachment to Robert Browning, nothing in all her beneficent life had probably made her happier than to have found herself able to minister each year with the returning autumn to his pleasure and comfort. Attached to Carol Vesey on the land side is a somewhat melancholy old section of a Justiniani palace, which she had annexed to her own premises, mainly for the purpose of placing it in comfortable guise at the service of her friends. She liked, as she professed, when they were the real thing, to have them under her hand. And here succeeded each other through the years the company of the privileged and the more closely domesticated, who liked harmlessly to distinguish between themselves and outsiders. Among visitors partaking of this pleasant provision, Mr Browning was of course easily first. But i must leave her own pen to show him as her best years knew him the point was meanwhile that if her charity was great even for the outsider this was by reason of the inner essence of it her perfect tenderness for venice which he always recognized as a link that was the true principle of fusion the key to communication she communicated In proportion, little or much, measuring it, as she felt people more responsive or less so. And she expressed herself, or in other words, her full affection for the place, only to those who had most of the same sentiment. The rich and interesting form in which she found it in Browning may well be imagined, together with the quite independent quantity of the genial at large that she also found, but I'm not sure that his favour was not primarily based on his paid tribute of such things as two in a gondola and a Tricada of Galupi. He had more ineffaceably than any one recorded his initiation from of old. She was thus all round supremely faithful yet it was perhaps after all with the very small folk, those to the manner born, that she made the easiest terms. She loved she had from the first enthusiastically adopted the engaging Venetian people, whose virtues she found touching and their infirmities, but such as appeal mainly to the sense of humour and the love of anecdote and she befriended and admired, she studied and spoiled them. There must have been a multitude of whom it would scarce be too much to say that her long residence among them was their settled golden age. When I consider that they have lost her now, I fairly wonder to what shifts they have been put and how long they may not have to wait for such another messenger of providence. She cultivated their dialect, she renewed their boats, she piously relighted, at the top of the tide washed paddy of a traghetto or lagoon, the neglected lamp of the tutelary Madonetta. She took cognizance of the wives, the children, the accidents, the troubles, as to which she became perceptibly the most prompt, the established remedy. On lines, where the amusement was happily less one-sided. She put together in dialect many short comedies, dramatic proverbs, which, with one of her drawing-rooms permanently arranged as a charming diminutive theatre, she caused to be performed by the young persons of her circle, often, when the case lent itself, by the wonderful small offspring of humbler friends, children of the Venetian lower class, whose aptitude-teachability drollery were her constant delight. It was certainly true that an impression of Venice as humanly sweet might easily found itself on the frankness and quickness and amiability of these little people. They were at least so much to the good, for the philosophy of their patroness was as Venetian as anything else, helping her to accept experience without bitterness, and to remain fresh even in the fatigue which finally overtook her for pleasant surprises and proved sincerities. She was herself sincere to the last for the place of her predilection, inasmuch as though she had arranged herself in the later time, and largely for the love of Pippa Passes, an alternative refuge at Asolo, she absented herself from venice with continuity only under coercion of illness at arselo periodically the link with browning was more confirmed than weakened and there in old venetian territory and with the invasion of visitors comparatively checked her preferentially small house became again a setting with the pleasure of talk and the sense of italy it contained again its own small treasures all in the pleasant key of the homelier venetian spirit the plain beneath it stretched away like a purple sea from the lower cliffs of the hills and the white cabin of the villages as one was perpetually saying showed on the expanse like scattered sails of ships the rumbling carriage the old-time rattling red velveted carriage of provincial rural Italy, delightful and quaint, did the office of the gondola, to Bassano, to Treviso, to a high-walled Castelfranco, or pink and gold, the home of the great Giorgione. Here also memories cluster, but it is in Venice again that her vanished presence is most felt, for there in the real or certainly the finer, the more sifted cosmopolis, it falls into its place among the others evoked, those of the past seekers of poetry and dispensers of romance. It is a fact that almost every one interesting, appealing, melancholy, memorable odd, seems at one time or another after many days and much life to have gravitated to Venice by happy instinct, settling in it and treating it, cherishing it as a sort of repository of consolations, all of which today, for the conscious mind, is mixed with its air and constitutes its unwritten history. The deposed, the defeated, the disenchanted, the wounded, or even only the bored, have seemed to find there something that no other place could give, But such people came for themselves, as we seem to see them, only with the egotism of their grievances and the vanity of their hopes. Mrs Bronson's case was beautifully different. She had come altogether for others. End of section 8